Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and I, after watching this episode of The Crown, season five, episode four, Annas Horribilis, I'm sure that Helena Bonham Carter is watching somewhere and just thinking to herself, what? Uh, but I'm sure we'll get into it as uh, we dive into the episode. Before we do so, please allow me to introduce my two co-hosts. First, uh, don't play with this man's hair, you imbecile. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, when do you know that someone has played with your hair too much? That's a low blow, Sam. I hardly have any hair left. (laughs) I tease, I tease. Uh, Also back with us today, uh, a woman who may be a suspect in the Windsor Castle fire. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, what would your motive be for burning down Windsor Castle? Um, let's see. Hmm. My motivation for burning down. I mean, it's like, you could always be like, oh, anti-monarchy, but like, I don't know. That's a lot of work. It has to be something the more personal. <laughs> the decor is offensive. I mean, is Windsor the one that has that Queen Victoria dollhouse? Because maybe it's just it a is, distraction think, for yeah. me to steal that because I really like that thing and I want it. So I'm going to put a fire in the other side. And then while they're putting out the fire over there, I'm going to take the dollhouse. Double whammy. Nice. Um, okay. So you know, just disclaimer off the top. Uh, I think we might be getting some new listeners here as we recap season five. So if you came here because you think we know like the truth about what happened, that is not what this is. You've come to the wrong place. We you know, are learning about the royal family through what we see on the TV. So we're just going to assume that everything that we saw in this episode is kind of like the way it happened, because otherwise, why would they show it to us? And we're just going to go from there. So to get things kicked off, is it Carlin, you've got a recap? Yep. Okay. So basically, we have the overarching framework of the queen is celebrating 40 years on the throne, but it's sort of not a big year for celebration for her. And then we go into sort of what has been happening for the past year in the year of 1992. Big thing, Windsor Castle catches on fire and many of the rare treasures of the royal family are lost. And obviously, this is a huge blow to people who really care about a bunch of things in houses that they don't see because houses are too big. But anyway, it starts to burn. They think it's just like a little uh, electric fire, but who knows? Who knows what really happened? So that happened. Terrible. Your house is on fire. But then we have three marriages of uh, the Windsor children start to fall apart. We have Andrew to Sarah Ferguson, Charles and Diana, of course, always on the rocks, but they're like extra on the rocks now. And then Anne and Mark. We have lovers galore from Sarah's many men and to Anne actually following in love with her man, Tim, who we learned about in previous episodes. And she actually wants to marry him following a fresh divorce from Mark. Elizabeth, she is very much like in the religious sense, like believes in the sanctity of marriage and is very disappointed and doesn't really know what to do about all her children wanting to get divorces. And so when it comes to Anne, she's steadfast, like she cannot remarry because of the Church of England and also insists that Charles absolutely cannot divorce because he is the heir to the throne. And why is he stopped trying to mess up the institution like this? But Anne is allowed to remarry. um, And this upsets Margaret, who in a separate storyline, surprisingly, following a radio interview, actually reconnects with Peter Townsend. And they meet up at a dinner or some sort of 
function where he gives her back the letters that they wrote saying that he kept them all these years but he wants to make sure that they're safe when he passes on because he is getting older and they sort of rekindle their romance a little bit and it allows margaret to reflect on the fact that like her life could have been so different and she's very aware of the fact that whose fault is it elizabeth's from the clairfoy era because she denied her this marriage and she once again tells Elizabeth that, this, that you know, like what you did, like what you did in my life. And so Elizabeth, with sort of all this emotional turmoil from her family, decides to, at her sort of celebration dinner, to say that it was an, is it Anna's Hordless? I, I can't speak Latin. Bad year. <laughs> and admits that she has been struggling, which is very unusual for the monarch. Thanks, Carlin. Um, yeah, so we both begin and end this episode with kind of like this lunch um honoring the 40th or i guess 40 years on the throne for queen elizabeth when uh it first started i thought the i thought someone died i thought that we were going to a funeral <laughs> she was in like all black she's crying it's like what is happening here she would only cry for her house not 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 the people but i guess let's start off so i kind of want to start off with what queen mother said where she was like how dare you call this a horrible year? That is not what we do here. <laughs> and Philip is like, what are you talking about? How did you feel about Queen Elizabeth admitting very humanly, this has been a bad year? I'm amazed that she hasn't <laughs> had a bad year before this. <laughs> That's a long time to not, what is it, 40 years on the throne? This is your first bad year. That's a really good streak. And to be clear, like, the bad year isn't because of anything that she has done, just all of her, like, idiot children. Yep, in the house, I guess. Each idiot one more disappointing than the last. Children. <laughs> yep. Wait, well, Edward hasn't done anything. What is Edward doing? Is he just, like, vibing and having a good time? Yeah, I don't know. Shocked we got Andrew here. Um, I think overall, I, I liked this episode. I mean, we've seen four episodes now, and I think this is definitely top two. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, I... I I like this one. It felt like we're getting more back into like crown things, which I liked. No, for sure. There, there's something about whenever they bring Andrew in and he just gets like jokes. What a, what a crown thing to do. I, I do. I do like that Andrew and Elizabeth always seem pretty delighted to see each other. Like, I don't I, I think she sort of has that same vibe with Anne, but not necessarily with the other two. And, uh, you know, for for better or for worse, they seem to get along well, which is nice to see for Elizabeth's sake. I mean, how, yeah. for me, it's like, how can Elizabeth not have the self-awareness to know that Andrew is her favorite? Like, why does she need an entire episode to figure that out? Like, clearly, when you look at how Andrew is like, I need a separation, and Charles is like, I need a separation, and the disparity <laughs> between those two conversations, one person is clearly your favorite. I, I mean, I guess in Elizabeth's defense, she also didn't want Anne to get a any sort of remarriage so I, I don't know maybe she just hates charles which she does and also air well also not for nothing but andrew also seems to have some degree of self-awareness about like why these royal marriages are falling apart in that you have all of these like outside partners who come in you know pure and uncorrupted and then they're just totally ruined by being part of this family and the system basically saying like oh anytime like somebody fun and exciting comes along like we we basically run them into the ground we ruin them that's the, that was where i drew the line do you really think these people are that self-aware i don't know andrew i don't know if i buy it 
but no, that was. We, we have to take it at Kate. Uh, we have to take it at face value, Carlin. Okay. The, 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 this is the, this is the Andrew we've been given, and he had a pretty good scene here. He did. It was there's something kind of funny about the idea that like our family is so bad and so boring that the moment someone has even an inkling of personality, we're like, you suck, get out. I'm surprised Philip lasts this long. I feel like he could fit into that mold, but he was just like, no, I'm going to stick to it. Yep. I'm going to stick to it. Um, so the horrible year in question is 1992. Ivan, you're the only one of us who was alive in 1992. Was it a bad year? Uh, I mean, my family was in the midst of like the dissolution of Yugoslavia and all the Balkan <laughs> genocides. So yeah, it was pretty fucking bad. <laughs> oh my God, I was watching this episode with my mom and she was like, 1992 was a great year for me because I got your brother. Oh, wow. <laughs> So uh I think you heard it on the on crowning around. It was a bad year. Like we can confirm bad year. Except for my mom. Except for, for yeah, except for your mom. Your mom had a good year. Clinton beat Bush. Everybody else had a bad year. All right. Let's uh let's talk about Margaret cuz this episode is all about Margaret. And That was such a surprise. <laughs> yeah. This is like the plot twist of the crown. Like never expected this. I know. I feel like how long did we wait last season to get a Margaret episode? And here we're in like episode four, first half of the season. We get a Margaret episode. And not only that, we get Margaret like telling off the queen something that Helena Bonham Carter never got to do. Yeah, I feel like she really should have been able to tell off Elizabeth like at least once every season. That just didn't happen. We get Margaret. uh, She is brought onto a radio show. And then picks the most boring songs for this radio show. <laughs> I I feel like uh, who who chose this? Who's who's out there listening to Margaret's playlist? Well, better question: like, how often are royals invited to be guest DJs on the BBC? Well, mm. after this, probably never again. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't invite her back. Right, but what's the previous cadence for this? I feel like the only people who would want to do this are like. Margaret, Diana, who else likes music? Do any of them have things yeah. they like? Who, who else are the really vain ones? I saw the Charles DJ clip on John oh, Oliver. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> You're <laughs> that this episode. Um, do I, I don't know if any of them other like things. So, yeah, th- yeah that's it. We know Philip is familiar with Billy Joel. He, he is. Okay. So we got that. Imagine, but yeah, Margaret's Spotify wrapped is... Swan Lake. Let's see. What what was the other song? Oh, a hymn from a choir. And uh, this song, Stardust by Hoagy Carmichael. And this clearly had significance to her. Have we heard this song before on The Crown? So this is actually, I I know that's a very like specific question, but I think it taps into something that I kind of feel about this episode as a whole, uh, wherein, you know, they rely really heavily on those flashbacks to, uh, you know, Vanessa Kirby uh, and, uh, you know, Claire Foy and uh, the exploits of seasons, uh, you know, one and two. Now, 
in doing this podcast and rewatching, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of the early seasons of the series, like a lot of this is like very top of mind for me. But, uh, you know, if I hadn't wa- rewatched the show within the past two years, I might find myself like really struggling to kind of reconnect with the, the scope of the betrayal uh, that uh, Margaret experienced during those early seasons. And, and th- they really, really lean on those flashbacks as a crutch. Without them, I actually don't know that this is that powerful of an episode. And the fact that a lot of it like kind of hinders on like, oh, wait, did that happen? Did we see that? Because there were there were parts of those flashbacks and those montages where I found myself questioning like, wait, is this new footage or is this at least a new narration from the the earlier, uh, you know, Peter Townsend actor? You know, yeah, there's something about it that just felt like very weak writing that that leaned on uh, the crutch of flashbacks, which I don't think the show has ever done before. So, you know, make of that what you will. See, I didn't mind that they relied on us having previous knowledge, but I actually didn't like the flashbacks. Because like you said, it's That's out what of I'm saying. turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's out of yeah. turn for like what they usually do. And I almost wish they had shown us new material and like use the old actors. Like at least give us something new. Because otherwise I'm just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I the, the, Margaret talks about Peter a lot. I mean, we, we, we talk about like, you know, cameos and them uh, bringing back the uh, older cast members a lot uh, recently. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you probably could have had an opening scene of Vanessa Kirby experiencing, um, you know, that betrayal from some perspective that we hadn't seen before. Like maybe, you know, uh, right after she has that decisive conversation with Elizabeth where she learns that she can't marry Peter, like maybe she's off with a friend or another family member, uh, you know, lamenting about it and and just kind of doing like a convenient like recap of what happened without all all of this like you know forced uh you know insert of uh scenes that we kind of sort of remember yeah it was a weird kind of um i felt like we we really kind of took our time getting into those flashbacks like there's that scene i think when margaret is getting ready and it flashes over to her table and there's like the photographs of claire foy and vanessa kirby and jared harris and the queen mother uh gen one and I was like, oh, that's so fun. Like, <laughs> like we, we get the nod to those actors. And then, yeah, it kind of it kind of just took off from there. And I mean, I had the same thing um, as you were. At the beginning, I, for some of them, I was like, this feels like new footage. Maybe it was just like stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. But then obviously there was stuff that we had definitely seen, like Vanessa Kirby, or I guess Margaret storming into his office and then making out for like a second and then her leaving. So what do we think about the, uh, you know, voiceover of the letters? Because I I swear I do not recall like one of those letters narrated by the younger version of Peter Townsend. Like I, I feel like that might be something that is original to this episode or like, yeah, I mean, does, does anybody, uh, yeah, again, we're just kind of like speculating like w- things that we could easily look up by watching these previous episodes. But like, th- do you get the sense that that narration was new? I think that was old because I distinctly remember her reading the letter, like the I'm getting married to someone else letter. Yeah, okay. I remember that letter, but I thought the narration otherwise was that like the 
person from this episode, like the older. Well, no, 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 no. The voice changes. It starts with the voice of the younger Pete Townsend. And then as as the years go on, I think it sort of matures into the Timothy Dalton version who, who, by the way, like we got Timothy Dalton in this episode that, that, that's pretty cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think not the letter where he's telling her that he's getting married, but one of the earlier ones where he's just kind of professing his deep love for her um, in a, way that is trying to be poetic but kind of falls flat like that one i i i could swear that that's brand new like i don't recall hearing that from the younger pete townsend in season one their like little reunion in the present was so like sweet and romantic and i was not clear if they're together now or like if he has a silver wife when he was listening to her on the radio, a woman walked by behind him. A woman who looked a lot younger than him, though. And, and I know that there was probably an age difference between him and, and, and her at the time that they married. But, like, I got the sense that that might have been, like, a, a child or possibly a granddaughter. Like, I'm not sure. I kind of hope he's single because, I don't know, it was just very sweet to see them reunited. And it gave, like, this sense of, like, Maybe it was all worth it if they could have gotten together when they were older. And, you know, we look at the little card at the end, but, you know. I don't think that's it. I I think I think it's more about like what was lost and what they were deprived of, because like it it doesn't do them much good to get together at at this age just with, you know, him being kind of close to his his dying years. I, I like. Margaret's rage, I don't think, uh, would have been justified if if there was still time for them to be together. I, th- I think this was really her mm-hmm. chance to really just kind of reflect on what Elizabeth took away from her. Not not just like in the moment 35 years ago, but now like uh, retrospectively seeing what she lost and what Peter lost and, and that creating like a whole new wave of anger. Yeah, yeah. no, no, for sure. Would have been nice, but no, I totally get what they're yep. what they're going for. Oh, Margaret. Uh, Margaret calls Peter her son and her water. <laughs> Basically says, if we had just been allowed to get married, you know, all the shit that happened to me wouldn't have happened. And I go back and forth on whether or not, like, given what we've seen, at least the way the crown portrays Margaret, if this is true or if she has these tendencies that, you know, would kind of lead her to be unhappy just in general. But I kind of lean more on the side of, like, I feel like Peter Townsend does provide at least more structure than Tony. But I don't think it's even that. I I think the fact that Elizabeth did what she did to uh, Margaret and Peter, like that was Margaret's supervillain origin story. Like that, that's when it all went wrong for her. And she took a much more sour view of life and it impacted all of her relationships moving forward. I mean, I feel like there's a couple different thing. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple different moments that we could point to as like the or- the origin point of her villain story, right? It was like definitely it could- when she was a child, and they said that she was couldn't I was gonna be say. queen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> like you will never be the queen. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my God, Elizabeth! Then just taking away her like marriage prospect when she's right when she's like, I'm never going to be queen, and it was really obvious when I was going to marry Peter that like she was not going to be queen. It was like, girl. But I think I think that makes it kind of a one-two punch because you know not only was she not going to get to be queen, which everybody kind of agreed she would have been better suited for than Elizabeth. Uh, But on top of that, like she found something that would potentially make her even happier. And that's being taken away from her too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 
Margaret, I think, kind of took a dark turn pretty early on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure there was some underlying mental illness that like would have popped up anyway, but I think she would have had, like Ivan said, like a better structure to deal with that. Although I did like the Tony era. That was a fun time. <laughs> early Tony era. <laughs> oh, yeah. Early Tony era. Yeah. Good times. Matthew Good era. Ah, uh, yes. The best era. Yeah. So it takes them. A, I feel like it took a while for like Margaret and um, and Peter to like really connect at the dance. Like you get the sense that like it's just so awkward at first because it's been what, like 35 years, they say, since they've seen each other. But then they really kind of like fell back into it like really fast. Mm-hmm. And now that we say 35 years, I realize that woman could not have been his granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> a daughter, 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 daughter. Yeah. I mean, Peter Townsend was a lot older than Margaret, right? Like how much? Older yeah. Is? But but yeah. but again, the 35 years to create like two generations <laughs> and a granddaughter that was like vaguely middle aged. Well, did he have kids with his first wife? The wife that he divorced? Uh, oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, where is she in all this? She's long gone. <laughs> she was dead, though. That was the whole problem, right? If that woman had died, I think Elizabeth would have let them get married. I think we need an episode of The Crown that's just from the perspective of all of like the divorcees that we left behind in the early seasons. Like, oh what's God, Mike? What's Mike Parker's wife up to? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we're about to add a lot of divorcees to that list. At least three. Some some of whom they've never really bothered to introduce to begin with. Where is Fergie? How can they... What are they doing? They can't just keep mentioning her and that she had some man sucking her toes and that we don't get to see her, like, speak? <laughs> and then we never even really met uh, Anne's husband, did we? I don't... Not Mark? very much, really. No. Yeah, see, like, why are we getting an episode that's all about, like, carriage racing and not one about, you know, <laughs> Andrew or Anne or or even Edward? Like, there's so much more relevant territory to explore at the center of this family. But instead, like, they're sticking with, like, these core... Like, honestly, like, did, did you even need this particular Margaret episode? Like, I, I don't know that you did. If you're a like, fan of Peter Margaret, then yes. You needed this. But, but okay, my, my issue, and again, going back to the fact that they leaned on those flashbacks so heavily, especially with the somewhat shakier quality of season five so far, one huge pitfall of those flashbacks is them kind of saying to the viewer, hey, remember how good season one was? Oh, my God. <laughs> Rough. Um, so Margaret, I think, sees some of herself in... And maybe more than some, I think she just sees herself <laughs> in yeah. at least Anne's situation. And Anne, I don't know when she and her husband broke up because we didn't really see any of their relationship, but I guess it was three years ago. And mm-hmm. in that time, she's uh, met this guy, Tim. And you know what? She wants to uh, tie the knot with Tim. And Liz is like, mm, no. But then Anne is like, Yes, and then that's it. That's I don't all it get does. it. Like, is this just like Elizabeth giving her blessing, but Anne can do whatever she wants? Like, why didn't she get excommunicated? And why couldn't Margaret have done this? I'm very confused. Yeah, they, they never really answer the technical question of what is the difference between the two situations. Is, is it Does it really come down to the fact that, like, uh, you know, the the royal family member in question is the divorcee rather than the the outsider that they're trying to marry? Is that the only material difference here? I guess so. I don't know. Or is it just like is the times Anne have changed? Is Anne not a senior member anymore? 
Is that also a thing? Good question. Hold on. We we get six, right? Six members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have yeah. Philip, Elizabeth. Does Elizabeth. Wait, does Elizabeth count? Yeah, I, yes. Okay, I so that... yeah. Elizabeth, Philip, Charles. Diana. Diana. Uh, Is Andrew more senior than Anne? I don't understand how this works. Probably, yeah. So, so I and I guess Fergie isn't gone yet. <laughs> no, well, would it be? Do we not count William yet? Is William too young still? He's I know too young. he has to be twenty-one. Yeah. So, so would it be Edward then? Would he be the sixth? Yeah, I guess so. There's six. Yeah, because Edward got to be promoted. So, so, so Anne ain't got shit to do. So maybe that's why. <laughs> and the divorcee thing probably helped, like where it was her and not him, because then he's a. Pure man. So is Diana part of the the hierarchy of the six just because she is the the wife of the heir apparent? I think so, yeah. She's okay, but so so the wives of the other royals or the partners of the other royals wouldn't count, right? I don't know. Hmm. It's interesting. Who gets a prince or princess title? So wait, what it what is it what is it to today? So like you have Charles, obviously, Camilla. Charles, Camilla, William Kate. Then does this Harry come into Isn't he play? like not in it anymore? Yeah, he I thought he pulled out. Okay, so uh, let's let's say Harry's out. So then does it go probably back to Andrew and Edward again? But isn't well, Andrew it go to like Anne? not allowed to now too? So Okay, it's so Edward. Andrew's out. Edward. And or when Anne. it go back to know. Anne now because they I feel like they took the requirement that it that it be the next male heir away. Right, so, yeah. so, so I guess today it is, yeah, it is Charles, Camilla, uh, William, Kate, Edward, Anne. Weird. So Anne actually, Anne actually would have worked her way back in. Yeah. Oh my God, Anne, the long <laughs> game, getting rid of Andrew. <laughs> What's funny is we're probably so wrong. <laughs> I'm sure we are. But I mean, this also was very recently changed, so I'm sure maybe they're confused too. A little bit less. We do see Tim in this episode. The context is Anne and Tim make out for the gardeners. <laughs> I know. Why? He puts a dog in a car and they make out and they drive away. <laughs> which which I also, which I didn't get. Like I, I would get it if there were press there and they were doing it for the photographers to make a statement. But what what are they communicating by doing that in front of the gardeners? <laughs> I don't know. You really know. put no weight on those gardeners. I don't know. I guess rumors. <laughs> now everyone they, gets They, they want the staff know? to know. <laughs> They want the staff to know. It's so hard to imagine these are all like mistresses and or I don't know what the male form of mistress is, but like they're all mistresses and not just like their regular significant others because they're all so boringly together. Um, we see Charles here again asking for a separation. Uh, the people are calling him Prince Harming in the wake of <laughs> good the in the wake of the Morton book, and he just can't take it anymore. Let's see. He says uh, he says Diana's dangerous. She's gonna blow the whole thing up. He says that there's uh, he sees some irony in the modern monarchy. He used to want that, but now everybody's getting divorced. So I guess you get what you wish for. I mean, the funny thing is, I think she only really shat on him. It's not even about the institution. It's just him. This felt a little bit different than when he just hid in her office and was like, "Mummy, <laughs> can I please get a separation?" <laughs> Like, this felt very much more uh, aggressive. I just, we need to know what ends up breaking the camel's back for Elizabeth, because he's clearly been doing this for like 10 years. I think he said 11 years. Oh, 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like, yeah, at this point, like, 
just let the man separate. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, he's he he went into a marriage that he didn't want, and it's ten years later, and he still doesn't want it. And Elizabeth doesn't see that as reason enough to be like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe the crown would be better if you know your personal happiness was prioritized a little bit. I think she should just kick him out. Just go straight to Anne. Straight straight to Andrew is the, no. uh, the problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can eliminate the gender thing and then we go. Oh, no, we can just go to William. Go to William. That's fine. He's not of age yet. Then they can have like a boy king. And then I guess Diana has more power. That doesn't work. But I think it'd no, be fine. No, no, no. The problem <laughs> is if you get rid of Charles at this point, you get Andrew. No, you would get William. I'm telling you, you would get William. No. He would not be of age. He would be considered an infant king, in which case, like, the uh, the uncle would become, like, temporary king. Well, I guess the other problem is Elizabeth's not dead, but... Neither is Charles. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. He's just, uh... I still am of the opinion that uh, if he really wanted to be king, he'd have to accept all the really terrible things that apparently go with it. So, sir, stop. <laughs> I wonder, does the monarch have the ability to remove somebody from the line of succession? Well, I everyone's so. been trying to get the Elizabeth to remove Charles for like 30 years. And now, now that didn't work. Who is this everyone that you speak of? I'm pretty sure there's always those polls that are like, would you want them to skip Charles? And they always say yes. Carlin, Carlin, you, you, you sound like somebody's relative at Thanksgiving right now. Like, oh, I heard some <laughs> polls on some news channels. That, that, are, that these that, are that, real. That Don't that, make that, me that, look that, them up. That, that there are some polls that say that <laughs> Biden was actually born in Spain. Like, like, where, where, where is this information? You, I'm not allowed to use my cell phone, but I would look it up right now and give you some polls. But uh, oh, the, the, they're out there. I'm sure they <laughs> <Yeah>. are. <laughs> they come from sources. All right. So the people that are probably doing this are the same people that are like, you had a fire, you pay for it. Uh, because that's a point of view that people are having now in the wake of the Windsor Castle fire. I mean, I get that this is supposed to be a big moment, but we know that this is at least Liz's fourth favorite house. So, <laughs> okay, okay, wait. Before we get to that, I actually found out that um, Carlin, even put your phone away. <laughs> no, even if the queen had desired to skip Charles in favor of William, she did not have the power to choose her successor on whim. There we go. Carlin, you're breaking the cardinal rule of this podcast right now. I mean, she could have hired a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Depends how bad she really wants theory? it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that was Diana's role all along. <laughs> to get herself killed? <laughs> Not herself. Charles dies. I'm sure it skips over her. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, this is not her favorite house, but it does get burned down a little bit. So they just don't have insurance. I guess. I, it, yeah, that didn't seem like a smart plan, guys. It's the 90s. Get your insurance. Yeah, at least uh, on some of these paintings, they're like, save the paintings. And they said, what, 100 rooms were were ruined? That's too many rooms, man. That's How <laughs> many rooms are there? This didn't seem like that big of a fire. And does it need to be rebuilt? Like, they got Sandringham and Balmoral and uh, Britannia and all these other places to hang out. Like, here's an easy way. Here's, here's an easy way to reduce the taxpayer burden right now. Just don't have a, a seventh or eighth house. And it's not even that far from Buckingham Palace. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> it's like you live in New York, but you need a castle in Poughkeepsie. That's a little bit further. And I don't know why you would need a castle in Poughkeepsie ever, but... <laughs> Wait, how, how far away is Poughkeepsie? It's like three hours. From New York City? 
two or three hours, I think. Yeah. Carlin, get your phone back out. <laughs> oh, now, now you want me to get my phone out? Uh, we can Hour 53 driving. No, no, we need to pause the podcast while we find out how far it is. From yeah, here. it's an hour. Under two hours. Yeah, under two hours. But it's, it's still like almost an hour. It's almost two hours. Three with traffic. Okay, so uh, <laughs> my one response to why they preserved Windsor is like Notre Dame. It's just a building that white people like, so they had to rebuild it. That's how this, this, all these things work. They had to rebuild Windsor. But what did they put in the rooms if all these priceless items were lost? New priceless items that they but, stole from other great. countries. <laughs> NFTs. Oh my God. I like to think they just spread out. Like there's just probably some room with like wall to wall paintings and they're like, oh, let's move some of these into our new room. Do you think when they redid it, they were like, maybe we could make some of these hundred rooms just combine them into fewer but larger rooms? I don't understand how big these rooms are. I, I like toured Windsor and I don't remember this. <laughs> Maybe they started off as bigger rooms, but they partitioned them into smaller ones eventually over time. And that's God saying, sorry, you need bigger rooms. Stop painting all these walls. Do you think they rebuilt the Crimson Room where Margaret and Peter obviously had sex? <laughs> I, I hope so. Can we look up if that room got burned? <laughs> I mean, it did get burned because they talked about it. Oh, well, then they better remake it. That was it. the room that they were very nostalgic about. Oh, yeah, I missed that part. I just remember them talking about, like, paintings. And I didn't understand why some were more important than other paintings. And uh, it lost me. What if the person that started the fire was Mike Parker's ex-wife? <laughs> oh, and I'm the one pulling out conspiracies here. I see how it is. I'm just saying, what if? What if it was Brandy and Sherry? <laughs> Plausible. But Mar Margaret coming up with the, Wait. the suspects. Wait, what about the, the KGB art curator? He knew <laughs> how priceless those like pieces were at Windsor. He knew that this would hurt the family and oh just God. and eliminate millions of pounds in you know art that they've collected over the years. But that feels antithetical to his like profession, his area of expertise. Like he wouldn't want well, to his ruin the paintings. Profession is being a KGB operative. His profession is knowing art and knowing the value of art and being well aware that there is a lot of high value art at Windsor Castle, which is owned by some people that he has become estranged from, and this is his opportunity to get back at them. I guess, but the value of art is in like, are the is the royal family ever going to sell this art? You know, like if they're so. just going to if they're just holding on to the art is burning it of any monetary value, because if you're That's not selling question. it, then it's not worth anything. Yeah, there is actually an annual garage sale at Windsor Castle. You know, how is this castle not caught fire before? Didn't they <laughs> used to have like gas lamps in it? But now it catches on fire again. She's so lucky this hasn't happened before. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if it's LEED certified. I there's so much this castle seems just so <laughs> such a hazard. Do we, doesn't Margaret live there? Uh, no, 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 Margaret doesn't live there. Does anyone live there? I don't think anyone lives there full time. So anything else we want to say about this episode? <laughs> yes. I wanted to talk I wanted to talk about the Queen's or Queen Mother's three questions because this was new to me. I don't okay. think we've ever heard the three questions before. The three questions are does it need saying? Does it need saying now? And does it need saying by me? And this, I feel like this like philosophy explains a lot of the earlier decisions, but we're just learning these three questions now. 
Uh, let me just say, I hated this scene so much. <laughs> First of all, you know, Queen Mother herself is pretty insufferable here. And it's just like, get out of the way. Like, you, you, you have no more role to play here. Secondarily, uh, you know, she start, they start characterizing Philip in a way that does not match up with how he was in the earlier seasons. Like this idea that he's always stood by uh, Elizabeth's side and prioritized her and, uh, he, like, yeah, been there as, like, a you know, figure of just undying support. That was not the case in the early years of that marriage. Like, he was very much into just himself and, and putting himself first a lot of the time. And on top of that, you still have this, you know, very lukewarm, uh, you know, performance of Prince Philip coming from Jonathan Price that I'm still not sold on. So mix all those ingredients together and you, you have a scene that just makes me once again kind of groan and think like, what's happening with the writing this season? Did you, so did you, did uh, Philip coming in and defending Elizabeth feel also off base? Uh, yes. Uh, well, well, no. I mean, I think at this point in time, like Philip is like all in like, uh, but he wasn't early on. So for Elizabeth to kind of snap back at Queen Mother and be like, he's always been by my side. Like it just it made no sense. It goes against what we know. But it made perfect sense to me because from her perspective, she would be glossing over that time period because in her mind, it's like she's the only one here who has like any sort of marriage that's lasted so of course she's going to try to muddle it into being more perfect than it was but her words were like from the very beginning from the very start which like everybody knows wasn't the case because there were Again, so many she's like in, she's in denial she uh she has some rose colored glasses on i think i think her perspective was also influenced by the conversation she had just had with margaret where margaret was like aren't you grateful that you've always had not like a fall guy, but like kind of a fall guy to like yeah. say everything that like you couldn't say while you were obeying these three questions. Which again, I, I I also don't feel like we've ever seen any examples of. Like when was there a time where there was like an a, opinion that Philip and Elizabeth shared where we saw Philip putting it out into the world because Elizabeth couldn't? Yeah, I don't really remember that. Yeah, nothing specific is really coming to mind. So is it a I, pattern? I, yeah. <laughs> No. This episode was horribilis. I mean, you know what? As as ridiculous as the flashbacks were, there was still part of me that was like, that's cool. I didn't think we'd see Vanessa Kirby again. Yeah, but in in, <laughs> in archive footage, like it's, uh, again, which is never something that the crown has ever done. Like this, did you guys ever, do, do you like tangentially keep up with what's happening on Grey's Anatomy by any chance? No. But like a couple of years ago, I tuned into Grey's Anatomy for the first time in like a decade and a half. Like it just happened to be on. And I noticed that all of a sudden they were showing a bunch of archive footage of Katherine Heigl, who had not been on the show for just as long. Like like she had just basically been written out. And, uh, you know, obviously Katherine Heigl, I think, like had a falling out with the writing staff, you know, bunch of stuff. But a, I, I looked up on Wikipedia, like what was going on and what I was watching. And it was apparently like an episode that explained the way that um, Alex, like uh, the Justin Chambers character, Dr. Alex Karev from the original cast, who had already left the show and wasn't in that episode. They were using like flashbacks and archive footage of him and Katherine Heigl and made like some references to the fact that they like 
off screen reunited and are now like married and raising children on a farm somewhere. And it like it was just this weird, like clunky way of a telling a story without really being able to tell a story. And that's kind of what this episode reminded me of. Oh my god. I did not think that we would be talking about Grey's Anatomy when I started this podcast today. This is the only episode of Grey's Anatomy <laughs> I've seen since like 2005, and it just happened to resonate with what I saw here in The Crown. <laughs> okay, last thing. Is this the first time we've heard Queen Elizabeth say the words like, I love you? Who'd she say it to? To Margaret at the end. At the end of the episode, Margaret is like, love you. And then Elizabeth is like, I also love you. And then they're like, let's never do that again. <laughs> Yeah, like the what are we? They were like, what are we, poor people? <laughs> Not even poor. Are we middle class? Which, like, you know, what what's the opposite of a save the cat moment? Like that, <laughs> like, just immediately makes you go like, oh fuck you two. Oh my god, that's why all these kids are getting divorced. Let's uh, let's talk about the Kinky Crown Award. Mm-hmm. All right, you know how this works. Each okay. of you put forward your submission, and I will vote. Carlin, would you like to go first? Uh, sure. Um, I'm going to do Sarah's mistress who was sucking her toes. I feel like did that's you, clearly... Did you say Sarah's mistress? I don't know. What's the f- male form of mistress? <laughs> Mister? Uh, naturally, yeah. Sarah's mister sucking her toes. Her boy toy. Her boy toy. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. Um, it's a toe sucking. Damn, I feel like that is clearly the, the front runner... But just to make it interesting for Ivan, I will submit Anne and Tim making out for the gardeners. Okay, okay. So I'm actually going to give it to Carlin's initial misspoken submission and say Sarah's (laughs) mistress wins the Kinky Crown Award this week. Oh, my God. I did like seeing everybody's face as they were, like, looking at the newspaper. They were like, ooh. (laughs) Um, Why? (laughs) Ah, good times. The royals are now learning about kink. To think that so many episodes ago, they were just learning about gay people. Can you imagine, like, if all of this happening, this honest horribilis happened while the internet was around? Oh, no. I mean, That'd be pretty funny. I feel like it would speak even further to, like, Queen Mother's point, because she was just like, if you don't say anything, like, people will forget about it in, and I feel like she was thinking, like, months, but now it's, like, days. Like, if you just wait, like, a day... <laughs> Something else will like come up that's even more like, oh my god. True, true. It's so. like the way uh, Jake Gyllenhaal handled all of the the Taylor Swift stuff. It's like he just didn't comment on it. People forgot. I mean, yeah that that lasted what like a day. They were like, exactly. Oh, did you see the music video? <laughs> oh, it's like because like, nope. he's not online. He didn't feel the need, and he and it just blew over. They need to take a le- lesson from Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> a lesson from Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. So uh, I think that's pretty much all we've got on um, this episode of The Crown. Ivan, even though you didn't like it, is this a top half episode so far for you? Well, okay. So uh, as in like, is this in the top two of four? Yes. (laughs) Ooh, uh, that is tough. Uh, I mean, last week's episode, Moomoo, was definitely uh, the front runner so far. Um... I mean, honestly, I, I would say, you know, first place, Moomoo, dead last, the, the carriage driving one, and then in a tie for second is this one and, and the first one, Queen Victoria Syndrome. Unrelated point, but I feel like it's worth saying, I know in the past, like, the crown has been made up of, like, 
or at least I think in seasons three and four, the crown has been like every episode is like a specific moment, a specific point in time. But I almost want the crown to go back to more of what they did in kind of like the first two seasons where it's more linear because the fact that we got that full Mumu episode and now he's gone. Penny, I feel like felt like she was shaping up to be a major character. She's gone. Like, I wish a little bit that we were shifting more to like, there's so many people. I want to see them in every episode and know where they like where they're at, and what they're doing. I too wish the show was as good as it was in season one. <laughs> I would okay. even just take season four quality. That was a good season. Oh, season four was great. Like, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put season four up there. You know, probably in the top two. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's something about. Season five so far, my friends, there's the magic just isn't there. I like it, but there's still time. We're still we're still not halfway in yet. There's still time to, you know, for it to pick up and us to really get into it, which I'm sure like, you know, anticipating a binge, they were kind of like holding some of these like Emmy moments for the end. But I mean, the previous seasons were all binges and like they had some bangers like usually within the first two or three episodes. That is true. Well. What can you do? <laughs> no bangers. Horrible year. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So next week, we will be talking about The Crown Season 5, Episode 5, The Way Ahead. Faced with the fallout of an intercepted call with Camilla and the consequent kickback to his marriage, Prince Charles must navigate a scandal. That sounds like it could be interesting. Who knows? Maybe that's the the kick that the Charles and Diana story needs to finally move forward after being in the same place for 10 episodes, <laughs> like almost a full season. It feels like I just looked up the Latin translation for season. It's tempore. This is a tempore horribilis or right. tempus Latin's hard. Um, okay. Ivan, if people want to catch up with you on the crown, um, where can they do that? Uh, nowhere, but if you want to talk that one episode of Grey's Anatomy that I saw in the past 15 years, uh, <laughs> hit hit me up on my uh, forwarding email address, me at ivanvukovic.com. All right, Carlin, what about you? I guess still Twitter, kind of, um, at Carlin Greenwald, and then Instagram at Carlin underscore GE. All right, and you can find me, I suppose, on Twitter as well, at Sir Sam Chung. The best place to reach us, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts on The Crown, the royal family, is... At uh, on Twitter at Crown Around Pod, and that's all we got for you. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. God save the Queen. God save the Queen. God save the Queen. God save the queen.